Hey, welcome to the Mountain Minute Podcast, a podcast that's about a mountain minute. Here we're going to share stories, we're going to discuss ideas, we're going to ask questions, we're going to host guests, and we're going to give you updates, all from the mountains. So sit back, go for a drive, take a walk, hike a trail, pedal a bike, whatever you're doing, we hope this encourages you, because now you're on Mountain Time. Hey guys, this is Marcus. Welcome to the Mountain Minute Podcast, episode one, season one. So I'm new at this. I've never done a podcast. I'm really excited. Um, Really where this came from was Nathan came on board this fall to Loon Mountain Ministry full time. There's just so many things I want to talk about, so many stories I want to share, so many ideas and thoughts I want to discuss, so many guests I want to host, so many cool things going on in the mountains. I would love to talk to you about them. And a podcast just seems to be a great platform on which to do that. And when Nathan came on board, we had the opportunity to do that because he can edit this, he can get this out. So thank you, Nathan. If you see him, thank him. He's behind the scenes editing this. And uh, I'm here talking in a mic. Today, uh, it is overcast and rainy. It is a Tuesday in September here in the mountains. I, for one, am really hoping that we are beyond the 80s, meaning the 80-degree day and the 80% humidity. Um, I really love fall because it means that winter's coming. Mountains are incredible because we just get to see all of the different seasons, whether it's really, really cold temperatures in the winter, uh, really, really hot temperatures in the summer and a great day for the river, uh, or really crisp mornings in the fall, or some of just these overcast, rainy days. We didn't have many this summer, and I'll tell you, I actually missed these overcast, rainy days. I don't know about you, but um, when it's a gorgeous day out, I have a hard time focusing on my tasks indoors, whether it's emails or meetings or phone calls. And so when it's kind of overcast like this, I feel like I get a lot more done uh, in the office. So here we are, episode one. Today's episode one is called, How Did We Get Here? How did we get here? I'm going to open this up with a story from the mountains. This comes from my study abroad, my senior year in the mountains of Mexico, in the northern mountains of Mexico. I was studying abroad there. Really cool program called Edge Adventure. Uh, not around anymore, but I was there uh, my senior year in college, and we were immersed into the mountain culture of Mexico. If you didn't know this, there's actually really tall mountains in Mexico. Our camp was around 6,000, 7,000 feet, uh, which is pretty cool. It's higher than Denver. Um, and we would get snow. We were, get, we were experiencing snow there in late fall, and so they actually have snow there in Mexico in these mountains. Well, anyway, this story comes to you when our team, our college team, uh, one of the tasks that we had as students was to plan, without our director's help, was plan a backpacking trip through the canyon, one of the largest canyon systems in the world called Copper Canyon. We were going to start high up in the desert, high alpine desert, and we're going to make our way down an arroyo, which is Spanish for a, a creek or a river. We're going to make our way down an arroyo. We were going to pick one that would get us to the canyon floor some 3,000 feet below. So we were to do the map study. We were to do you know, the, the planning of food, if we would need ropes for repelling, what we would need for camping gear. We were all working together as college students. Well, it was uh, night one on the trip. We had made our way down this creek bed, down this arroyo bed, and we were going down towards the canyon floor. And uh, I was uh, in a, I was sharing a blue tarp uh, with my director. Uh, I happened to be one of the single guys on the trip, and so I was staying with my director in this blue tarp, and we were kind of talking before we drift off the bed, and it was like 
we were looking at the map and he wasn't saying anything as a director, but I was looking at the contour lines and I was like, man, we have less than a mile to go to reach the canyon floor and we have over 1,500 vertical feet. Like this is going to be gnarly to get to the floor. And he just kind of nodded and smiled and said, we'll see what tomorrow brings. Well, sure enough, we started to get cliffed out early on in the day. We came to waterfalls. We came to really steep and long cliffs. And man, we had to come up with a plan. Could we repel this safely? Did we have enough ropes? Did we have the know-how? And we asked the question, how did we get here? Well, we had gotten there because we weren't really great at the area. We weren't great at maps. We had not made a great decision on which creek bed to pick to go down in the canyon. But I want to ask the question at Loon Mountain Ministry and me even personally, how did we get here? And I, I find that this mountain ministry thing is just so exciting for me. I absolutely love it. You know, one of my favorite things to do is sit next to somebody in a plane and, you know, and, and ask them what they do and have them ask me what I do. And I just love saying I'm a ski resort chaplain because most often that that responds with a question like, what is a ski resort chaplain? How did you, what is that? How did you become a ski resort chaplain? Now, once in a while, someone uh, doesn't really want to talk about religious things or spiritual things, and I don't blame them. And my hope is that my demeanor and my excitement to hear their story and talk to them about stories uh, eases them a little bit. But boy, do I love telling the story about being a mountain chaplain. I absolutely love this. I, I explain it like this. I tell somebody, like, I mean, I was walking down the road, and I felt like this shoe tailor came out and said, hey, I've got a shoe for you. And I was like, what? He's like, come on into my shop. And, and they looked at my foot, and they custom fit me with a shoe. That's how I feel about this job. I feel like the Holy Spirit, I feel like God uh, knew me. He made me. He called me. He gave me different experiences, gives me different gifts. And I feel like all those have culminated into God, the great shoe tailor, saying, Marcus, I have, I've got a really cool gig for you. And it's called Ski Resort Ministry and being a chaplain at a ski resort. I absolutely love it. First and foremost, I love the people of mountain towns. I love the people of ski resorts so much. I always have. Even as a young kid, uh, we had a little hill out behind my house. It was a two T-bar uh, hill called Tickham. A small, maybe, I don't know, 150 to 300 vertical foot hill with eight trails. And uh, it's a lot like the Kank, if you've ever been here. The Kank uh, ski slope here in Lincoln, um, town owned. It's like that. I grew up there as a little kid. And I just always, always loved the ski resort culture. I loved the smell of the fireplace in the lodge. They had an old fireplace. You know, it was an old lodge. And it was a mix, you know, of... This, the smoke of the fireplace, it was a mix of the smell of the fry laters that was making fries, it was a mix of, you know, people being in there, an old kind of musty lodge, and, you know, smell of plastic, and, 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 and ski clothing, and people talking, and I just, you know, old coffee, I just loved the smell of that ski lodge, it was special to me, and uh, I'm just so thankful that God has given me a passion for ski resorts, and the ski resort people, and that he's let me come to do this. And uh, I guess I would encourage you, if you're listening to this podcast, if you have a passion, ask God, hey, God, why did you give me this passion? Don't, don't be ashamed of your passion. Don't try to justify your passion or don't try to, you know, whatever your passion is, ask God, why do I have this passion? What would you like to do with this passion, God? Why did you give this? And I have always found that a gift from God, you always know that it's a gift from God if it is for somebody 
else. So if he's given you that passion, he's given it to you, not only just for your enjoyment, but more importantly, for his glory and for the good of other people. So ask God, you know, what that passion is. Okay, I know that I'm going down this pastoral route and uh, starting to preach. I'm sorry, I have to preach every Sunday, so it's kind of a habit. Back to episode one theme, how did we get here? Well, for me, it started early on, and I was alluding to that with my really cool little ski hill called Tickham. Well, I fell in love so much, like I told you, with skiing and the ski culture, and I just love to gather people around what I'm passionate about. I love to gather people around skiing and snowboarding. And so even as a young kid at an early age, I told my parents, oh, I would love to host a Christian snowboarding camp. I had switched from skiing to snowboarding when I was about, oh, nine or 10 years old. I started skiing when I was two. And uh, there was this guy named Seth Westcott. He's a two-time gold medalist from Farmington, Maine. And he had made snowboarding cool in my little hometown. And I was following in his footsteps. And I wanted to be cool. And I wanted to race border cross. And I wanted to do freestyle snowboarding, express myself. And so I dropped my straight skis. That's how old I am. I dropped my straight skis and picked up a snowboard. And uh, after a few bumps and bruises and bad knees and hurt butt and hurt wrist and just like the normal learning curve of snowboarding, I fell in love with it. There's nothing like arcing carves on a snowboard. It is absolutely incredible. Um, so early on, I started snowboarding and I told my parents, I'm like, man, I would love to gather a bunch of kids around snowboarding in Jesus and do a Christian snowboarding camp. I had been to Christian camps. I loved Christian camps. I had been to ski hills and I love ski hills. And for me, I love joining what I love doing. So I was like, oh, Christian camp. I love it. Ski hill. I love it. Man, what if we did a Christian camp? And what I love about my parents is they were permission granters. They were like, cool, great idea. How can we help you? And uh, it actually, believe it or not, was on a hospital bed. Snowboarding is a tough sport. Uh, our, our hill had hosted a big air competition. I, I remember strapping into the top of the drop in and I was not that great of a snowboarder, but man, I had guts. What, you know, what 12 or 13 year old kid doesn't, I was invincible and I was standing at the top of the drop in and I was going to do my signature front side 180 with a mute grab. That is just kind of what I had. It become my go-to trick. And, um, I sent my front side 180 mute grab a little too far. Been a little, got a little excited, landed way down on the landing, landed actually on my heel side edge. And when that heel side edge caught and I went back, I slammed my uh, left wrist down to catch myself. And in doing so, I shattered the growth plate in my wrist, uh, actually killing the growth of the bone. And uh, so needed surgery, not only for that side of my, um, wrist but on the other side too to to make sure that that bone was equal size and it was kind of a big ordeal it was a big surgery my poor parents having to deal with that phone call and deal with those doctor visits and a big surgery but it was in that bed recovering from surgery when all my buddies all my snowboard buddies i actually have a picture about it there's a picture of all my snowboard buddies around my bed at the hospital there and uh, I began to talk about to my parents about doing a Christian snowboard camp. And uh, I was reading, I think then, or maybe my parents were from Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. And uh, the author says, I looked into heaven, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And the old language says, I saw the Lord high and lofty. And I was like, man, that's such a cool name. And so I started a Christian camp called High and Lofty Christian Snowboard Camp. 
And it was that next uh, winter break, that next February break, that my mom and dad let me host the high and lofty Christian snowboard camp right in our home. They drove us around to different resorts. We, we gathered around the Bible at night and probably Doritos and Dr. Pepper and fun old snowboard movies. We made a jump in my backyard and uh, we had music and lights and uh, it was just a blast of a time called High and Lofty. Christian snowboard camp. Well, fast forward, I went to college in Minnesota. I actually started another chapter of High and Lofty Snowboard Camp at our college where we would have high school and middle school kids come to our college. We'd take them snowboarding at different places there uh, at, at uh, Minnesota, um, at Buck Hill, at Trollhagen in Wisconsin. And so it, my passion continued um, there at, in college. I built a, a jump and was towed in by a snowmobile right at the camp to show the kids how to hit a jump. And man, it was a lot of fun called High and Lofty Christian Snowboard Camp in college. This is taking me back. Uh, a lot of kids that had gone to college there didn't ski or snowboard. And so they would come out and watch me just wreck myself being towed in by a snowmobile to hit a jump. It was absolute blast. So I did High and Lofty Christian Snowboard Camp there. Then went on to work at a Christian camp in northern Maine. Was really hoping to kind of develop some kind of a ski hill on site. That never really happened. But one thing that did is in the wintertime, we would gather all of our Christian camps and we would gather different churches and whatever. And we put on a really cool snowboard outreach event. It started at Sugarloaf. And uh, we, we started it with a rail jam and then an ice cream social because who doesn't like Gifford's ice cream? Uh, we had Gifford's ice cream after the rail jam. And then we, did, we watched a movie, a really cool movie called One Year, made by an organization called Nations Foundation at the time. They're called Nations Now. And a uh, really cool organization that did Christian snowboard films. And uh, that evolved. It moved out of Sugarloaf, down into Bitterford, Maine, kind of more down in the urban area, southern Maine. And we legitimately put together a snowboard park with the help of some contractors, with the help of the pastors there, with my help. We literally put together a snowboard park in the church parking lot at New Life Church in Bitterford, Maine. And uh, we went as far as one year where there was no snow. I had a friend from New Hampshire that had made some homemade snow guns in his backyard. He and I actually lived at this church for a whole week and made snow in the parking lot of this church uh, to, to do a Christian snowboard and ski freestyle event uh, where we had you know big air, we had rail jam, and we let the kids session it. We picked winners from, from skiing and snowboarding. We told them, listen, Jesus loved you. He gave his life to save you, you know, that we are all in a, in a position of needing rescuing uh, from ourselves and from God's wrath and uh, from the decisions that we make. And uh, it was absolutely incredible. There was one year that we had a band, we had movies, we had jumps, rails, tons of kids. Uh, there, there is no better advertising than making snow in Bitterford, Maine, uh, across the street from Home Depot and Walmart. Everyone stopped in to see what we were doing. Uh, that evolved into actually the city of Bitterford asking us to do the event on their court street right in front of their town hall. Man, was that cool. So they would bring in 250 dump truck loads of snow for us in from their local airport so it wouldn't have sand, it wouldn't have salt. We made a legit big air jump with a rail feature, rail garden after it, and kids would come from all over, snowboarders and skiers alike, and boy, was it fun. We would put a competition on. We had sponsors, cash prizes. It was a blast. And we would say, hey, they would ask, why are you doing this? What, you know, what, what, what organization are you with? What is this? You know, and we'd say, hey, we're doing this because Jesus loves you. He loves you so much he gave his life to save you. And um, it was during that time that the ministry at Sugarloaf, really cool people, good friends of mine, 
Pam and Earl Morris, been doing this for a long, long time. I like to say they're kind of like the Michael Jordans of ski resort industry. Uh, it's so cool what they're doing. And uh, they actually mentioned to me during this time, I was working at a Christian camp, doing these snowboard and ski outreach events, and uh, skiing, snowboarding myself as much as I could with my wife and my kiddos, starting to teach them how to ski as they were little. They said, hey, Marcus, you should be a ski resort chaplain. And I was like, man, that would be cool, but I would like to do it at Sugarloaf. They said, well, we're not going to retire for quite a while, but there's a guy named Skip Schwartz over at Loon Mountain, and I think you'd be a great fit. He's retiring in two years. You should go over and visit him. And to be honest with you, I didn't really want to leave Maine. And so I was like, eh, I don't really want to leave Maine. I really enjoy the Christian camp that I work at. Um, I'm not sure. We'll see. And so I started emailing Skip back and forth, and and uh, he invited Heidi and I to come down, and they were going to put us up in the Pollard Brook Resort, which have an outdoor pool right across the street from Loon Mountain. We could go skiing. And I said, Heidi, you know, we were living off a Christian camp budget, so those kind of vacations weren't a reality. I said, I told this guy I don't think I'm interested, but he still said he'd take, he put us up and have us visit down here. And so we went down, and it was a silent car ride home. And about halfway home, Heidi looked over at me and said, we're moving to New Hampshire, aren't we? I was like, do you want to? And she's like, I really liked the town. I really liked the people. I think, you know, God is calling us there. And I said, I think so too. And uh, that would have been the winter of 2011. And then we moved here the fall of 2012. Labor Day weekend, 2012, we moved here. And literally from day one, I have just felt so at home. The community has made us feel at home. Uh, the mountain has made us feel at home. All the vacationers and tourists and second homeowners have all made us feel at home. Uh, we are just so thankful for the work that Skip and Joyce and all the volunteers and all the people at the thrift shop had done over that first you know, 20 years to put Loon Mountain Ministry where it was for us in 2012 to join. And it was absolutely incredible. I mean, Skip has such a cool story for ski resort ministry. When you talk about how did we get there, that was the how did I get here? Here I am. But how did Loon Mountain Ministry get here? How did we come to the mountains? How did we get here? What's incredible, if you don't know this, Skip is a pastor's kid from California, San Francisco, actually. And Skip did not grow up skiing like me. Skiing was in my culture. Skiing was part of my town. Skiing was in my DNA. I loved skiing. All my in my family, my aunts and uncles would always take me skiing. I would beg them until they would take me to Sugarloaf or beg them until they took me to Sunder River or beg them to take me to Saddleback. All these big mountains around me, you know, because I would be skiing my little mountain at home and would really want to go to the big mountains. But Skip grew up in San Francisco and uh, was not a skier. And uh, believe it or not, I don't know if he like threw a dart at a map or what, but somehow he ended up at Bangor Theological Seminary in Bangor, Maine from uh, San Francisco, and he talks about this road trip as a kid across the United States, I think he even said with his ragtop, which is just so cool, way back in the day. And he came to, to Maine, and when he graduated from Bangor Theological Seminary, he just saw a need among young people in the state of Maine that they just didn't really have the resources or things offered to them, like maybe the rest of the United States, does, especially when it comes to like Christian music or Christian festivals or Christian you know, speakers. And so he grabbed his guitar, and I think through the Methodist Church, uh, went and started traveling around the, the state of Maine and doing like these teenage revivals. You know, Skip has always been someone who has taken the call of God serious and he's taken the call of God outside the box. He's followed God always outside the lines because he loves God and he loves people. And so he started taking his guitar and traveling around Maine. And I think that evolved into him uh, getting a local pastorate somewhere in the Methodist church. 
And uh, somehow through all of that, he ended up down on the coast of Maine uh, doing an outreach event to folks who were at Bar Harbor. They were there to vacation, and he just really enjoyed presenting a, a church outside the box, whether it's on the beach or in their campground, just him, a guitar and a Bible, the truth of God and loving people and people began to gather around these these uh, outdoor church services. And uh, it was then I think he was introduced to Sugarloaf and up he went to Sugarloaf, which is in the middle of nowhere. We always say that Sugarloaf's not the end of the world, but you can see it from there. But man, is it a real mountain. It is a big mountain. It's full of beautiful people who are purists when it comes to skiing and snowboarding. They are so good. And uh, up went, you know, um, the, uh, Skip to, to Sugarloaf. I think he was pastoring a church nearby Sugarloaf. And, and he was asked to uh, fill in for an Easter sunrise service. Uh, there at Sugarloaf. And I think he just also saw the opportunity that an outdoor experiential worship service provides. It's just such an incredible, once you've come to one or once you've led one, you are convinced that an outdoor experiential worship service, especially here in the Northeast, is an incredible way to share the love of God with a group of people who aren't really entering into the normal church anymore. So I really think that's what God's doing with Ski Resort Ministry. Right from its beginning, way back in the 60s and the 70s, all the way through till today in 2022. I think God's movement in the ski resort ministry is because he really desires people to know his love, for people to come to understanding of his love for them. And there's just so many things that are against his love, so many things that are raging war against his love. And, and you know, one of them is doubt, one of them is fear, one of them is anger, unforgiveness. And a lot of us hold these things, especially towards the traditional church for one reason or another. And there's a lot of people in, you know, in New England in the Northeast, you know, church was cool here over 200 years ago, but it's no surprise, it's no secret that church hasn't really been cool. The traditional four-walled gathered church hasn't really been that cool here for quite a while. And I just think what's beautiful about God's word, what's beautiful about God's love, what's beautiful about his truths is that they will continue to go on even when maybe we can't gather or maybe people won't gather or maybe it's not working to gather in the traditional four-walled church. I mean, I love the traditional four-walled church. I was born and raised in it. Man, it's just such a beautiful place. Shoot, we even have a traditional four-walled church so, kind of here at the the coffee shop. It's a beautiful thing, and I and I think it will never die. But the bride of Christ, the Bible calls, the actual body of Jesus Christ is the people, the people that he loves and he made in his image that he died for that make up the church and, and buildings and denominations and steeples all beautiful things and all things that, yes, have made mistakes and have turned people away, but it's the people within those denominations, those people within those four walls that that Jesus loves. And he loves the people outside those four walls and outside the church and outside the denomination and even outside the belief of Christianity. He loves those people. And what's incredible about Ski Resort Ministry, what's incredible about an outdoor experiential worship service on top of a mountain is that one, it meets the people where they are at. We are bringing the love of God, the truth of God, you know, to the people where they're at. Two, it's in a setting that's absolutely incredible. We, we say at Loon Mountain Ministry, we're just the host at our father's table. The Bible says that God is a good father giving good gifts to his children. And, and we are 
on the side of this mountain, in looking into the Pemajawasset wilderness, these beautiful range of mountains, the White Mountains, just incredible. One of the most beautiful, iconic mountains, not only in the Northeast, but in, in the United States. And really, people travel all over the world to come to see the White Mountains. And the setting here is just so incredible. What I love about outdoor experiential worship services is that word experience. It opens all of your senses. You're hearing, you're seeing, you're smelling, you're feeling the elements outside, whether it's really hot and sunny, or it's windy, or it's rainy, or a bird makes a noise, or a, a, an animal comes out. We had a, uh, a roughneck grouse, uh, a partridge, come to our church uh, a couple weeks ago, and it was like incredible. Like it just, you know, we, there's so many experience, rainbows, golden eagles, butterflies. It's opening up so many of your senses where the traditional church is incredible and there's so many beautiful things about the traditional church, but sometimes those these folks that aren't used to it are, are don't value the academia necessarily, nature of it, or the academia piece of the Bible. They, they come into the traditional four-walled church and they sit down and they're lectured or or whatever, and, they, and they're really only engaging just really their hearing or maybe just their intellectual side of their academic brain, and it just doesn't really stimulate a lot of questions. And what I love about the Outdoor Experiential Worship Service is it stimulates a lot of questions. What I like calling, it's an introduction to God's awesomeness. It creates wonder. It gets you to ask a question. You're sitting in this grandeur at the Father's table, and you begin to ask the question, no matter what your belief is, whether it's you've been to church your whole life or you've never been, you have to sit in God's wonder and his awesomeness and say, huh, if you're a church person, maybe you go, well, maybe God is bigger than I thought. And if you're not a church person, you might go, whoa, maybe there is someone behind all this. Maybe there is a point to my life. Maybe there is a God. This is what I love about outdoor experiential worship services. I know I'm back on a tangent again. I'm preaching again. I should have somebody in this room giving me like this, like, hey, stop preaching. But how did Skip Schwartz get here? He experienced that outdoor service on top of Sugarloaf for that Easter, and he saw it. He was like, man, this is it. This is how you tell people about Jesus. This is how you show people about God's goodness. This is such an incredible tool. And uh, what I love about Skip is he could have said, well, I'm not a skier. I'm from San Francisco. I'm not a Mainer. Sugarloaf's a pretty cold, pretty, you know, tight-knit place. And if you're not a local, if you're not a Mainer, it's difficult to fit in up there. He didn't let any of those obstacles, you know, stop him. He just said, all right, Lord, I saw something that was effective for your glory and, and other people's good. I'm going to follow you. So at 45 years old, this guy learned to ski. This guy went to a mountain, frigid cold, walked up there and just said, I'll follow you, Lord. Brought his guitar, brought his Bible, brought his big voice, his big personality, his smile, his love of people, and he went at it. 1982. You know what's crazy is this, I just love this correlation. Skip was starting outdoor experiential worship services at Sugarloaf. He was birthing ski resort ministry in the Northeast in 1982. And yours truly, yes, me, Marcus, in that same county at Franklin Memorial Hospital in 1982, May 24th, I was also 
born. And who would have known that Skip was starting Ski Resort Ministry and I was being born the same year and I would just fall in love and this would just become my passion here on earth. And so Skip, if you're listening to this, thank you, brother, for your faithfulness. Thank you for your willingness to overcome obstacles, your willingness to walk into question marks. Walking into Sugarloaf must not have been easy. Stop talking with management, talking with people, getting on the mountain, getting your guitar, gathering really good skiers when you were just a beginner to tell them about Jesus's love and, and to show them God's love. So cool. So in 1982, he started that. Then he met Joyce, his wife, what a beautiful gal from down the coast of Maine. I think Skip was looking for more a year-round ministry, so he didn't have to be at Sugarloaf in the winter and then Bar Harbor in the summer. He found out about Waterville Valley, and in 1990, he came down here, or maybe late 80s, he came down here to meet with Valley, uh, Waterville Valley Management, and at the time, they said, you know, hey, that sounds cool and all, but I just don't think you're going to get much reception down here. I don't think it will work. Have you ever thought about Loon? Skip said, no, I've never heard of Loon. Waterville was kind of the premier resort back then in the 80s and the early 90s. Loon was kind of this up-and-coming new resort. And so Skip went up to Loon, met with Phil Gravink, the GM, who was a believer, and said, hey, I think this is a really cool idea. Let me approach my team. Uh, He came back to Skip and said, yes, we would love for you to do an outdoor church service on top of Loon, both in the winter and in the summer. And in 1990, Loon Mountain Ministry began and was started. And... uh, so I just think that is so incredibly cool. Can you guys hear that on the on, on this podcast? I can. It is a helicopter coming through here. And so that's what I love about outdoor experiential worship services. You stop and you, uh, you acknowledge what's going on. So right now, that sounds like a Black Hawk helicopter. They do a lot of training here in the mountains for the military. And when this happens at an outdoor experiential worship service where a Black Hawk or an A-10 or an Army helicopter... Uh, comes through the outdoor experiential worship service, we just stop and uh, we thank God. We thank God for our military. So right now on this podcast, God, we thank you for our military. And this is just a couple days after the 21st anniversary of September 11th. And God, we are so thankful for our freedom. We know, God, that it comes at a cost. That helicopter is going right over my house. Can you hear that? That was incredible. And it's overcast and it's rainy. So God, we thank you for technology and the intellect that you've given men and women to create night vision and create, you know, instrument flight rules and all these things that they can fly through rain and fly through clouds without hitting the side of mountains, God. You, you are just so incredible. Thank you for the human mind and the human brain. Lord, we pray for the men and women that are serving our country today, that have served our country. We are just so thankful, God, for our freedoms, and we know that that comes at a high cost. So there you go. Podcast, you just heard an outdoor experiential worship service. I'm sitting in my attic at my house with the window open and overwent a Blackhawk helicopter on training here on this bad weather day in the mountains. So welcome. You just came to an outdoor experiential worship service. Okay, where were we? Uh, Yes, Skip, 1990, uh, founded Loon Mountain Ministry. So cool. And to this day, 32 years later, going on 33 years later, we are still loving God, serving community, and enjoying mountains. That is our mission, spiritual, social, and environmental. Love God, serve community, enjoy mountains. Hey, thanks for listening. We hope that these minutes in the mountains has encouraged you to love God, serve community, and enjoy the outdoors where you are at. Hey, we'd love to hear from you. So get a hold of us however you'd like, through our website, through email, through phone, 
All of that is linked below. We would love to hear you. And better yet, come visit us in the mountains. We'll see you later.